Nicole. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 162. So, kind of breaking the fourth wall that you're not supposed to break, but uh, today was kind of a big day in, you know, life here in America. Breaking the fourth wall because now you know what day we record. But Derek Chauvin was found guilty of the murder of George Floyd today. And so, we felt like it was irresponsible to not at least comment on it. This is not meant to be political by any means because we really do try to leave the politics out of it. But I think we've been very clear on our stance as it relates to like Black Lives Matter and just equal rights across the board. Yeah. We know this is a very tumultuous time in our country and in our lives. And it's fucking ridiculous that it's 2021 and that we're still having these conversations because everyone should be treated fairly. Just remember that everyone is a human being and harsh words don't get your point across more. And we just want to keep the space safe and we want to, we want people to feel comfortable in expressing their opinions and views, but we also want to be clear on where we stand. Basically to sum it all up, Victoria, one of the listeners of the podcast, who is also a counselor posted on her page, And it was talking about like things you don't always see from behind the screens. Just remember, it can be so easy to get into online disagreements and arguments. And just remember, on the other side of a screen is a person and you don't know their struggles and the trauma that they've gone through and the life situations that they're bringing to the table. So just be kind. Here, here, Carrie. (laughs) You always do the serious stuff. And then I follow it up with something that's not important. Hit me with it. Okay. Remember when everyone told us what a Chesterfield was? Uh, A couch? Yeah. Well, I was watching Everything But The House on Discovery Plus. And basically, it's like the Antiques Roadshow. That show on HGTV where it would be like stuff's in the attic and they would come and get it and like sell it. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a website called like Everything But The House and it's basically that so they made a show about it but someone had a chesterfield couch all right and i was like oh that's what that is it's the really like tufted couch mm-hmm. okay do you know why it's called a chesterfield Mm-mm. okay it's named after a man chesterfield mm-hmm, mr chesterfield i can't remember his first name because that wasn't important chester <laughs> last name field, field. <laughs> oh god He commissioned someone to make a couch that would not have his suit, like, get stuck to it. Well, if he isn't fucking you. I was like, I completely understand that. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. That's some shit you would fucking do if you had money. Oh, for sure. I I cannot stand my clothes. Touch it. Like, y'all, she's in a rental car right now, and she was like, I hate it. It's got that type of cloth where you just stick to it. It is. I'm not saying you have to have leather seats. I mean, those are those are good. But, like, yours have the soft cloth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you're in right now is, like, it's you're sitting on fucking velvet. It's yes. terrible. It's, and it's hot. It's hot. Anyway, though, it just in general, I don't like my clothes snagging on stuff. But I was like... 
you know, because everyone else loves their, you know, because when you're in like the best mood ever, you're like, ooh, my clothes are so slick. And then when you're in a really shitty mood, that's when you fucking snag your clothes on everything. Mm -hmm. And it just sends you right skyrocket through the roof. Oh, yeah. Yep. But anyway, I was like, Chesterfield. I know that now. Like, it's a couch. And it was like the really tough ones. And I was like, oh, okay. Wait, that's why? That's genius. And you know it has like a hard back. You know it does because. It's probably fucking sits straight up. Oh, uh, that's. Just my, like you like it. Mm-hmm. He's probably just like you. He He's my daddy. That's who he. Oh, Jesus Christ. Also, I learned that I should not be such a purger because not that I have all this great stuff, but it's like. Some of the shit that I'm like, what the fuck? It sold for like six hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, these people were making like ten grand and up, mm-hmm. like sixty grand. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm like, um, what? So this one guy had some Pokemon cards that he had kept. They did him wrong though, because they were like, some of these cards go for like a million dollars. Blah 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 blah. His Pokemon collection though, it went for like over a thousand dollars. That's fucking dumb. $100,000. This one guy had like matchbox cars mm-hmm. and he had like a whole big like slew of them. And they did him so dirty because they were like, some of these go for like, and it was, I mean, a house, like a house, you know? And they were like, it's for blah, blah, blah. And he was like, did I have any of those? And they're like, no. Damn. <laughs> I was like, you know, they're just like building this up, like huge notes. And it's like, no, Mm-mm. you didn't. That'd be my fucking luck. Keep well. That no, that's my life actually. Well, they may have kept their stuff for a long time, but you know who I hope keeps us for a long time. Who? Patriotters. <laughs> Casper. <laughs> Can I keep you? <laughs> okay, I gotta go home. Really, I just gotta work on my segues. They've really gotten rusty. But thank you so much, Jessica S. from Canada. Natasha C. from Georgia. Juanita P. from Canada. Tracy O. from Minnesota. Courtney M. from Illinois. Haley P. from Tennessee. That's a good one. Karen G. from Tennessee. Ooh. Tamara M. from New Mexico. Rhiannon H. from the UK. And Nicole B. from Kentucky. Hey, y'all know the drill. These people are being freaking awesome. They're getting some serious bonus content over on the Patreon page. They're getting like two years worth of backlog of bonus content. That's a bonus episode a month, plus a milk carton mini a month, which is, you know, where we tell a missing person case, plus an I survived a month, and bloopers and extra slices. That is an extra episode a week, plus a kind of VIP Facebook page where we go live every month at the end of the month, and... They get a Discord server where they get to, you know, AOL chat with us, basically. Mm-hmm. So if you want those perks, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. And thank y'all for joining. Thank, thank you, you for, for being, being here. here. Oh, they get a thank you video. And a letter. And stickers. Stickers. Oh, shit. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I also watched something on Paramount Plus and... Look, I only got that because uh, the Challenge All-Stars comes on that, and I have to watch it every Wednesday. Anyway, I found this show, and it's called Interrogation, and it's a fictionalized show, but it's based on a real-life case, 
everything's the same, but they use different names and stuff like that. But it's called interrogation. It was really good. And what they say is that there's no linear timeline in a cold case. And so you can watch the episodes however you want to. Just don't watch the last episode before you watch all of them. Because you go back and forth. Guilty, not guilty. You know, and so each episode you're like, oh, guilty. Oh, not guilty. Yeah. You know, and so it doesn't matter which way you watch it. So I thought that was very interesting. And apparently I'm your TV guide. Okay, finally getting to the good, good. Picture it. Oakville, Washington, in the wee hours of the morning, around 3 a.m. on August 7th, 1994, a day before my birthday, while the residents of Oakville slept, it began to rain. Nothing uncommon there. Washington has never been a stranger to rainfall. However, when they awoke, the ground wasn't drenched like it normally would be after raining. There is something different about this precipitation. So let's back up just a few hours to when most people were asleep because there was one resident who was awake during this quote-unquote rainfall. David Lacey was a police officer and he was on patrol. He actually had a ride-along for the night who was a friend and a civilian. They were probably just shooting the shit and whatnot and thought nothing of it when it began to rain. However, as soon as David started to use his wipers, the rain didn't slosh off like it normally would. But instead, it left a streaky mess all over his windshield. And it just kept getting worse. So after just a few minutes, he really couldn't see. And so he pulled over at the next gas station he could find. And him and his friend both got out of the car to inspect what was going on. Because there was no one around to be able to have thrown anything on his windshield because they're in the middle of nowhere in a really small town. David and his friend didn't understand what they were looking at. There were tiny sticky beads of clear substance on the car, on the ground, and also raining down on them as they stood there. And by tiny, I'm talking smaller than a grain of rice. David was like, okay, I got to figure this out. This makes no sense. So he got a pair of latex gloves from his car, you know, for evidence handling. And he scooped up a small batch of the sticky raindrops in his hand. When he was later interviewed, he described them as being kind of mushy. And it was like you had beads of jello in your hand and you could squish it through your fingers. Ew. Yeah. They didn't really understand what they were looking at. And I'm sure David was really glad he had gloves on. But a few hours after handling the rain blobs, David started to run fever and experienced nausea and vertigo. I couldn't find anything to see if his friend had the same symptoms or not, but I don't believe he handled the blobs like David did. Okay, now back to everyone waking up. I kind of mentioned it being a small town, but it's like really small. The population was close to 700 people at that time. And they really enjoyed the peace and quiet of their small community. So when the residents woke up and saw what was on the ground, they were beyond confused and scared. And these gel-like blobs had rained down over a 20-square-mile radius. 
There is a farm that was a highly concentrated area for these blobs, and it belonged to Sunny Barcliffe and her mom, Dottie Hearn. Dottie was the one who discovered the blobs. She saw them everywhere over the yard and also on the farmhouse porch. And I just picture her going out that morning with coffee to sit on a rocking chair, enjoy the morning, like after the rain smell, all of that. And then like, what? Dottie assumed it was hell. And that was weird anyway, because it's August, but she touched some that was covering the storage container for their firewood that was on the porch. And she figured out quickly it wasn't hell. She was like, what the fuck is this? So she yelled for Sunny to let her, like, come and see what she had found. Sunny has a background in occupational health and safety. So she wasn't taking any chances with an unknown substance, so she put on gloves to inspect the blobs. Smart. Mm-hmm. But she didn't know what to make of them. She said later that she would have thought they were just rain had they not gathered on that firewood container because then they could see them clearer. And she described the blobs as not being liquid, having mass, and they were three-dimensional. A little later that morning, not long after being on that porch, Dottie started to feel ill. She felt feverish and quickly became nauseated as she started to experience vertigo. Dottie ended up collapsing on the bathroom floor, and luckily her daughter Sunny found her, called the ambulance, and they took her straight to the hospital. Sunny said that she was pale, clammy, barely lucid when she found her. Mm. Dottie was admitted to the hospital and stayed three days before being released. And the conclusion that the doctor came up with was that it was an inner ear infection, but he wasn't sure what caused it. He just said some type of virus. Which is normal for an inner ear infection. Like, they're not like, oh, I think that da-da-da. They say, you've got an inner ear infection, here's medicine. Yeah. Well, because of Sunny's background, she kind of wondered if the blobs coincided with her mother's acute illness, because there were no other symptoms before this. So she gathered up some of the blobs as a sample and gave it to that doctor and asked him to run tests on it. And he was like, <laughs> but he agreed that he would have the lab do tests. And, you know, he's like, but it's a coincidence. I'm just going to let you know. Well, the lab tech did his thing, and he said that the blob contained human white blood cells. What? Mm-hmm. But he couldn't identify it further than that and had no idea how it came from the sky. Sunny also had nausea and fatigue, but those were really the only symptoms right then. Though within a few weeks, Sunny had developed severe bronchitis. Also, within a few days, Sunny's kitten had died, and it had come in contact with the goo when it rained. Then shortly after, her mom, Dottie's dog, fell ill, but survived. Now, it does have to be said that the kitten had been to the vet previously because of some intestinal problems, so that could have been the cause of death. You know, like, whatever, it could have been an ongoing thing. But it could be that the blobs made the health issues worse to the point of death because the dog was sick but didn't die but also didn't have intestinal problems. But here's the thing. It wasn't just a one-time fluke. Dottie kept a journal and she wrote that it rained blobs several more times, like six times over the next three weeks. Another resident was also vocal about her reactions to the blobs. 
Beverly Roberts said that she first noticed the balls of goo when she was on the road, and there was this dead frog and a bird that were both by like a highly concentrated amount of these blobs. So she found some rubber gloves and collected some for a sample. However, soon after she got home, she wasn't feeling great. She went and lay down, you know, and just went to sleep. The next morning, Beverly woke up and went to get out of bed to start her day, but she just collapsed on the floor instead. Hmm. She said that she was experiencing vertigo so badly that all she could manage to do was lay there. But she knew she needed to get help, so she ended up crawling around on the floor, gathered some clothes, and dressed herself laying down, basically. Man, people are so resilient when they have to be. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're in a state like that where it's like, no, okay, I have to get help. I have to do something. Yeah. They're so freaking resilient. Yeah. Well, she continued to be resilient. She crawled through the house to her car outside. She said that she, quote, was upside down in her mind, but she concentrated on the lines on the road, and that's how she was able to get to the doctor's office. And again, she had to crawl out of her car, and she was only able to make it to the door of her doctor. But that was enough. They took her to the hospital, and she stayed there for a week. Also, please call an ambulance and don't drive. Yes, I thought that too, but I could so see my mom doing that. Like, not Um, calling. I could see you doing that. I mean, probably. Let's just be honest. Yes. Like, you'd be like, well, I had to go to Walgreens to get my medicine (laughs) so that I wouldn't be dizzy anymore. I'm like, call me to go get it. Well, I didn't want to bother you. Mm -hmm. But also, it takes forever for them to get out to my house. I could just drive. Jesus Christ. (laughs) You're already on my nerves in this fictitious uh, situation. (laughs) Well, Beverly said that she knew of other animals dying, too. In total, 12 of her friends' animals had died soon after encountering the blobs. Oh, God. Yeah. And it's mostly farmland, you said? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's not just like... I mean, it's heartbreaking that it's domestic animals, but it sounds like it's... Also some livelihood. Right. Livestock livelihood. Yeah, we knew where you were going with that. Well, the doctors in the Oakville area did report that they saw a spike in patients coming in and being diagnosed with inner ear infections, as well as respiratory issues during these blob occurrences. And some residents suffered flu-like illnesses that lasted up to two months. Oh, shit. Sometimes. Yeah, around the time of these blobs. And then there are two individuals who had some kidney problems Shortly after encountering, like, handling and all of that of the blobs. So, back to Sunny Barcliffe, you know, Dottie's daughter. She wasn't just going to stop at that little lab test. She needed to know more now. She sent a sample to the Washington State Department of Health, and the epidemiologist there, Mike McDowell, did some investigating. He said that the blob did have two species of bacteria— and one of which is found in the human digestive system. Hmm. He kept the samples for more studies, and he said it could have been a man-made matrix, like basically a carrier to have something in it. You know, those like silica things, like those little silicone things. Then you put like bacteria or whatever in it. Like So that was just like the carrier of it. He's saying that could have been because someone wanted to spread bacteria or a virus. Like, 
He's just trying to think, why is this bacteria growing? You know, just trying to put on his thinking cap. Now, this is allegedly on this part right here. Well, Mike had those samples, and what he did, he's like, he put them on there just to see what kind of bacteria would grow. So he had them in like this sealed tight container, you know, like all the scientific shed. Well, they were removed from his office without warning. Well, he went to a supervisor and was like, what the fuck? They're not there anymore. What am I supposed to do? Who has them? You know, whatever. And basically his supervisor was like, don't worry about it. Don't ask any more questions. What? Yeah. Well, there was a guy named Mike Osweiler, and he was with the Washington State Department of Ecology, and he studied a sample of the blob. But in his findings, he said that he couldn't confirm much more than the presence of bacteria. And he said that they did not have any nuclei. Well, a year after the incident, Sunny was still seeking answers. And so she sent the last sample she had that she had stored in a freezer to a private research lab named AIMTEST Laboratories. Tim Davis, the microbiologist at the lab, said that he saw what he, quote, thought was an eukaryotic cell, which is basically a cell that has a definable nucleus and is found present in most animals. So basically, these blobs were alive or had been alive at one time. Is what I like what people think he like, I don't know what the consensus is of that. That is making me flip through some files in my brain Mm -hmm. that I deleted. Yeah. And that's the last scientific finding we have on the mysterious jelly like raindrops that's now referred to as the Oakville blobs. Wait, that's it? After the month of the sporadic blob rain. It was over and never happened again. But we're going to go over some theories on what the blobs could be and what caused them. Because of the whole digestive system bacteria that they found, people started to say that it could have been human waste from airplanes. (gasps) Yeah. However, Sunny was like, okay, that sounds like a maybe. But I'm not just going to take that at face value. So she called the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, and she asked them or demanded several times that they investigate the blobs. What they said is that it can't be human waste from airplanes because that's what they refer to as blue ice. And it's blue because that's the color of the disinfectant in the toilet system. So blue ice is a frozen mixture of human waste and the disinfectant. It's frozen because of the high altitudes. Okay. But airplanes are designed to not empty mid-flight. And like, you know, everyone knows like, don't empty mid-flight. Don't do this. It's not an easy thing to do. However. Well, everyone knows that. But like, I have this fear of flushing a toilet on an airplane because I'm scared that I'm going to empty it mid-flight. Well, instances have occurred where leaks have happened. See? Yeah. Ugh. 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 But again, these are blue and the Oakville blobs, they were clear. Well, I don't know what has created this fear in me, 
But like, I really am. I mean, not that like I fly all the time. I mean, I really could, like less than 10 times in my life. It's not like I'm like this fucking jet setter. <laughs> but I really do have this fear that I'm going to flush a toilet on an airplane and it's going to just release the blue blobs all over everything underneath us. And every flight attendant or, you know, people who know actual things that's listening to this is like, you're a dumbass. Well, I mean, at least now you know that it wouldn't be a whole turd. Yeah, it would be a blue turd. It would be a blue icicle turd. Ew, God. That's so gross. But also, duh, you have a fear of bathrooms. You have bad luck at them. But I don't have a fear of bathrooms. I mean, no, sorry. Not a fear of bathrooms, but a fear of shit going wrong. Literally. Literal shit going wrong. Yes. Because that's your... Um, M.O.? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe to get the heat off their backs, the FAA investigator is said to have been like, maybe military? Yeah. Question mark, question mark. And this was around the time that the Air Force had been training with dropping bombs about 10 to 20 miles west of the Pacific Ocean shores. And they were using live ordinances, so real bombs. And that was confirmed by Master Sergeant Hosley of the McCord Air Force Base. So I don't know who came up with this theory, but someone did. And let me just tell you, you're going to be like, what the fuck? Oh, God. It's called the jellyfish theory. Okay? Okay. So think about the owl theory. Oh, God. And put it with it. It's the owl theory, but make it aquatic. Uh Uh-huh. I was about to say something. (laughs) So because of the bombings, people believe that a school of jellyfish basically were exploded and dispersed into rain clouds. So like... Yeah. Like, boom. Shakalaka. And went up to the air. They go up to the air and get stuck in some rain clouds, okay? Okay, because that makes scientific sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's how that works. And thus, the jelly-like substance rained down on Oakville. But it's a long distance for that to happen. They're like 50 miles inland. And jellyfish are heavy compared to, you know, rain clouds. So, or raindrops or water droplets, I guess I should say. So, for them to, like, stay in the clouds and not fall down because of gravity, from, like, the density of them to not just fall from gravity, and them to last, like, for, like, a month, for them to, quote-unquote, rain down for, like, days upon days, that makes literally no sense. Right. And it's only over this one place. So they would have exploded into these clouds. This cloud would have traveled over to this one area, and they would have that cloud would have stayed there for like a month and rained down. Right. Okay. And then they said, if, because again, it's like the bomb basically disintegrated the fucking jellyfish into blobs, mm-hmm. little blob particles. If that happened, and it stayed in the rain cloud for a month, like you said... People believe that you would smell like rotten fish or some kind of decomposed something, but nothing ever smelled like that. But I don't know what that smells like. So, you know what I mean? Like it still would be frozen-ish. So maybe that would have the smell. I don't know. But 
that's a theory. And the people of Oakville, they now have like this jellyfish festival. No. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's kind of just like the gag is, you know, but it, oh God, who came up with that? That sounds like something I would do to try to get out of like, I didn't mean to make it rain, but what had happened was these jellyfish came out. You know what I mean? Like, like how would that, I mean, okay, I'm not pretending, look, I took biology in college. I learned the reproductive cycle of a pine cone. So I think that I know all things, but I don't. But I feel like I understand basic gravity because it's taking its effect on my boobs. So <laughs> I feel like I understand that the jellyfish are heavier than droplets of water. So they couldn't just stay in clouds like that. I mean, am I wrong? I have no idea. I don't know what a blown up particle thing of a jellyfish is. And I mean, are we talking like a baby jellyfish or are we talking like Finding Nemo type jellyfish? Because I mean, those fuckers, I mean, did you see... How sick they made fucking Dory. <laughs> I don't know. And, oh. She had a scar and everything. Oh, I don't. Oh. I'm so. surprised you're even telling this story because it deals with girl creatures of the mm, night. I had some, uh, it skeeved me out. I'll just say that. It skeeved me out. But I had not heard of this. And I was watching Unsolved Mysteries and this was on one of the things. And I was like, blah, blah, whatever. Wait, what? <laughs> this, this happened? Wait, what? Wait. <laughs> This is weird. So the third theory, sticking with the military, is that it could have been a military experiment. And you know I'm going to say this is what I think. Because I always say <laughs> if there's a conspiracy theory and it deals with a military experiment, I'm pretty much a believer of it. So basically what they're saying is that they would be testing biological warfare shit. Not just to use as a defense tactic, but also like what happens if we get bombed? What does that do to our soil? What does that do to people? What does that do? Blah, 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 blah. And I mentioned how small Oakville was. So it would be a good test site. And it was close enough to the coast, but inland enough too. You know, so again, eh, it wasn't too odd to see a military helicopter or aircraft above them at certain times. Because again, the Air Force Base was pretty close. However, some of the residents say that they did notice an uptake in the military aircrafts and they'd be more slow moving around like the beginning of this, you know, and so who knows. But we all do know that the military slash government can and will do experimental testing without consent and without even knowledge of them doing so. Hello, MK Ultra. Mm-hmm. There's another incident that I want to cover on another episode that's a really good example of this that I was like, Ooh! you know, like, oh my gosh. But to me, I'm like, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But what's the substance? It could have been anything. I mean, just think, okay, some certain bacteria fucking E. coli, but, like, why was that lab not able to figure out what it was? So he found two bacteria that would grow in these blobs. But I just knew I was going to butcher them, so I didn't say them anyway, because one is, like, with the digestive system. Do you know what they are? Okay, here comes the butchering part, because, again, um, Not I, your area of expertise. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Yeah. Sucking your dick? Good. I can give you tips. This... 
don't. This is a mouthful that I don't like. She's not lying about the tips. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> the first one is Pseudomonas fluorescens. Okay. And the second one is Enterobacter cloacae. So basic stomach bugs. Sure. <laughs> he just said, we found two organisms, those. And these organisms could lead to severe illness. So the enterobacter one looks like it's more considered like a nosocomial infection, meaning you get it in the hospital usually. So from a lab? I mean, I guess. And then the Pseudomonas fluorescens, it says are usually found in soils, plants, and water in warmer climates between like 77 and 86 degrees Fahrenheit and are usually non-pathogenic to humans. So, water, warm water, you damn jellyfish. (laughs) (laughs) But with that, it could be, okay, so one could attack humans. The other ones could potentially attack the soil. uh Uh-huh. And so it's like, okay, now we're going to see, like, what effects it has on it. Mm -hmm. But it's so dumb because I feel like there's way other ways to test this as far as our government, like – no, I'm not saying they didn't do it. I'm saying that's a stupid way to do this because there are so many other ways that they could test these things, you know? Mm-hmm. So there was this Operation LAC, okay, that happened. This isn't the one I'm going to cover at a later time, but it stood for Large Area Coverage, and it was an operation that dispersed microscopic zinc cadmium sulfide those particles over a lot of the U.S. and Canada just to test the, like, patterns and the geographic range of chemical or biological weapons. Wow. Like, let's put our people in harm's way just to see how far these will go. I know. However, like, when you hear it, it's like, well, that makes sense. But like you said, there has to be a better way because, okay, so there were there were some, you know, attacks done, you know, like this whole operation that showed in the San Francisco Bay Area, it showed that, okay, it's feasible for someone to be on a ship offshore and, like, basically have biological aerosol agents and attack that city. So, I mean, like, when you're thinking that, it's like, oh, well, that's good to know. However. How you had to figure that out. Mm-hmm. My thing is, okay, They can do all of this. Meanwhile, how fucking hard is it to try new drugs and all of that and get stuff pushed through the FDA, you know, of like for new drug treatments for cancer and all of that. And it's like, oh, but we can fucking test biological warfare on our citizens (laughs) without them fucking knowing we can drop fucking glob pods of bacteria (laughs) on them like it's the fucking Tide Pod Challenge without their knowledge. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So this did have some health effects. A lot of people are like, okay, how you said, they're literally using us as a lab experiment unknowingly. Mm -hmm. But also cadmium sulfide was classified as a probable human carcinogen. 
oh, awesome. Meanwhile, people who are willing to sign up for drug trials and that sort of thing because they're dying from cancer can't sign up for them because they're not approved for, you know, certain drugs or something like that. But but we can test people without them fucking knowing. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's kosher. That's fun. But, you know, let's let's not let's not test for things that actually fucking matter. Yeah. So, again, like I know I I love conspiracy theories with this, but it makes sense to me. And you know what? If MK Ultra had not come out, like if we had never found out about that, I would be way less inclined to be like, no, nah, they probably did some shady shit. Yeah. But the fact that we know about that, I'm way more inclined to be like, no, nah, yeah, they're probably doing some shady shit. Yeah. And see, nothing's been declassified about this. So if it was, like, we don't know. But this happened in 1994. You oh, know- and it's going to be 30 fucking years before we know anything. Exactly. But there's another theory, and it's not so conspiracy theorist. <laughs> well, if as long as it's not fucking jellyfish. Well. Oh, shit. It's not jellyfish, but it is called star jelly. Oh, Jesus. Also called astral jelly. Oh, God. So the first time this was ever mentioned was way back in the 14th century. And they said, hey, this, like, star jelly, but it wasn't called that, could treat abscesses, okay? Back then, they believed that it would come from, like, meteor showers. So star jelly. And it didn't rain, basically. It was just on the ground overnight. But the cop in Oakville saw it. He was up at three. Him and his ride along were, you know, going and then the wipers and it's like petroleum jelly all over his fucking windshield. So I feel like that just right there. I'm like, "Mm, no. But there are some that basically believe it's an alien organic matter. And all I could think about was, "Mm, does that mean it's alien poop? Or cum. Well, cum I'd be okay with, but... Well, we know that. <laughs> but the poop, oh, God, or oh, spit, oh, God, mm, can't even talk about it. They didn't say the bio waste, but they, they did say organic matter, alien organic matter. Okay, so that was a little bit, hmm. But in 2009, the thoughts changed to lean more towards the, and I'm going to quote Robert Stack, because he called it a gelatinous goo. And I was like, okay, okay. Also, that sounds scary coming from you. (laughs) Everything sounds scary coming from him. Right? But, okay, so they would lean more towards this being the remains of amphibians. So that's why I was like, jellyfish, eh. So basically what they're saying is animals start to eat like a poisonous frog or does eat it. Then it's like, oh, makes me sick. Throws it up and voila, the jelly goo's there. And they say it's hard to see on the ground, but when it rains, it swells up. So it could reach, you know, that size. And, okay, so say that that was all over. Then it did rain, and that made it swell up, and so people could see it, okay? And that's why they had, like, that bacteria in there. And so it had, like, the... like the soil. The soil and, like, okay, so this was alive at some point, yeah, it was a frog or whatever, and it's basically the vomit. Gross. Oh, God. Ooh. Huh. Huh. But yeah. 
That one? Yeah, I don't believe that. I mean, that's a thing, but I don't think that was the blobs here. Because, okay, so you're saying it had that much that over that long of time and just randomly this happened. And then, like, what? The animal stopped eating that stuff that made him sick? Or, like, I don't know. It's he. No one can agree on a theory. So the Oakville blobs remain a mystery. And we can't do further testing because there's no more samples left. Oh, convenient. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they're locked up in a government facility because, you know, he had those samples. So either they were like, oh, get rid of them. Or because, I mean, these were all government agencies that were doing the testing besides Mm -hmm. that one lab at the end. But they could have been like, okay, let's go federal and here's your stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But what do you think the blobs were? What are you leaning more towards? Government. I don't know what, but some government shit. Mm, okay, okay. I mean, if those are my three options, government. Well, there was four. Okay, uh, if those are my three options, <laughs> government. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, could you think of another thing? No, I mean, I'm really not that smart. I mean, I guess it, I mean, I mean, I guess there's really nothing, no reason to say that it can't be aliens if you believe in aliens and i don't necessarily not believe in aliens yeah i just don't necessarily believe in them you know if that makes any sense yeah i get that like i don't aliens if you're listening come probe her i can't oh (laughs) i feel like it might be a little naive to really believe that of an infinite number of universes that we would be the only universe with an earth right you know so that's why I say it's kind of naive to think that we are the only Earth, but that they're able to come into our universe Milky Way to get to Earth. And then, like, why right there? Why right then? Why is this the only time that we've seen this? Yeah. I like, why know. do they decide to flush their toilets right then? <laughs> you know? And so, again, why is that the only time? Like, did they fire the guy that flushed, his, flushed the toilets that one time? You know, did he not ever get to ride back on the shuttle to come across to the Earth? They were like, well, you lost your chance. Give us your ticket back. Right. I have no idea. You fucked up. Now they know we exist. Give me your ticket. <laughs> no, no. Give it back. You lost your ticket. No, no. Give it back. So that's why I'm like, if it, okay, let's just say aliens are a thing. Why now? Like, why then? Why that location? Why is there nothing else that even is remotely similar to that texture that, you know, Mm -hmm. because even if you look at, okay, alien abduction stories, well, there's some similarities among them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, there's nothing else that's the blob in the movie and the star jelly stuff. Yeah. But that's not, isn't that just like a thing? No, I mean that star jelly, it is real. Like the, the goop, that when they throw up, blah, 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 blah. But I'm saying it, I don't think that's the blobs. Like, that's why I say it's a theory because. Right. I don't think it was the blobs. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. I'm uh, getting old. I don't trust anything anymore. Me either. This podcast has jaded me. <laughs> All I know is I do not want to ever feel this texture or anything. Hell ugh. no. Ugh. All I can think about is snot and ugh. No, I don't want to. I don't want to feel other people's snot. Also, I don't know what's scarier: 
knowing that blue ice literally exists <laughs> and that could leak and uh, or the unknown of what the what the blob's going on here. Well, hopefully yours has an ending that's not just like, well, it happened this time and then poof, never again. Well, I guess you'll have to wait and see. Spoiler alert. You don't have to wait for long. It does have an ending. <laughs> My story this week was actually another recommendation. So, you know, I love it when y'all make these recommendations. So thank you so much, Jeanette G. from the Facebook group. This is a story of the Hello Kitty murder case. Okay, I've heard about it, but I don't think I've actually heard the case. Yeah. Okay, picture it. May 1999, and we're heading to Hong Kong. There's a little girl who just turned 14 years old, whose alias is Ah Fong. So we'll call her Ah throughout the story. We never know her real name, and her identity is still kept secret to this day because of her age at the time of the case. Ah walked into the police station, and she tells them that she is being haunted by the spirit of this woman. And police are like, what? I'm sure that's exactly what they said. And she says that the woman is in her 20s, and she has blood smeared all over her, and that she's keeping her up at night, and she won't let her sleep. And... Police are like, wait, what? Go home. Like, we don't deal in ghosts. Like, what are you talking about? But then she tells police that she believes this woman came back to haunt her because of the way that she was murdered. And of course, police are like, what? She goes on to confess the following story. There was a girl named Fan Manyi. Fan was 23 years old at the time, and she had had a very rough life. She had been abandoned by her parents as a kid and had been in and out of different orphanages. And by the time she was 16, I don't know if she'd kind of aged out of the system or if she just kind of had enough and was like, I'm out. But she turned to sex work and drugs as a means to cope with her situation, and she found herself on the streets. Fan had a history of petty crimes, in including her illegal sex work with working on the streets, but she eventually got married and had a son. Now, there was some rumors as to whether the son was actually her husband's child or the son of one of her clients. But as far as I know, nothing ever came of that. She just raised him as her husband's child. Well, when she was 21 years old, this was back in 1997, she started doing work at a brothel instead of on the streets. So I'm not really sure. I'm guessing that sex work in a brothel is legal in Hong Kong and just because it's so well regulated, like they have to take tests like for STDs and that sort of thing. And so it's legal in that situation versus the illegal sex work that she was doing before on the street. Plus, in that situation, she's able to, I would hope, refuse certain clients, that kind of thing. 
But it's still a dangerous job because at the time, a little bit of what was going on in Hong Kong was that they were still being run by the triads. Now, look, I don't really understand a lot about this. And I listened to a couple of podcasts on this story and they kind of touched on it. And I even read an article on it and I still don't really understand it. But it's basically kind of like the mafia and they run everything, but it's like they control businesses. It's basically the mafia, but it's it seemed a little more complex than that, but I might be trying to like church it up. I only know that kind of stuff because uh, I watch like the Marvel shows. Yeah. And it's usually like some like Chinese mafia behind the bad guy. Yeah. And that's kind of how it what like you had like in Hong Kong. And I think they said like back then there was like 30 and now there's like five that kind of run things. So it things are much safer now. But back then it seemed kind of like anarchy, like it, like the mafia was running everything. Mm-hmm. I was listening to Red Handed Podcast. They had an episode on this and they were talking about how it was just a few years before this that like the UK basically had sold Hong Kong back to China. Right? I know. I see your face and I'm like... I was today years old. (laughs) Same. Same. (laughs) We're such egocentric Americans. Mm -hmm. I know. I know. I know. But that will come up later because it's more of like the... That'll come up later when we talk about court stuff. All of that to say, I wanted to paint a picture of what was going on with like this gangster mafia type activity where you have people who have that type of mentality. Like it's kill or be killed type mentality. It's like exactly what you think of when you think of gangster mafia movies. So at this point, Fan has been working at the brothel for a couple of years because now we're back into 1999. She had this one client, Chang Manlock, who was a regular, and he always asked for her because she was one of his favorite girls, for lack of a better word, to go see. Chang was a part of the mafia, and he was not, I don't know how high up he was, but he lived in a rather large apartment. I've heard some stuff say like five bedrooms. In Hong Kong. So, I mean, that's fairly large. But then I've also seen where some stuff was like, okay, it's a really nice part. And they kind of talked about this on the Red Handed podcast. Like, some stuff said it was really nice area. Some stuff said it was like a kind of slummy area. But either fucking way, it's a huge ass apartment. Well, and it could be like Houston where there's no zoning thing. So, it could be a really nice building next to you know, really bad parts. And then a really nice building exactly. over there, like no zoning. Suffice to say, he wasn't like middle management of the fucking mafia. You know, he was up a little bit. One day when Chang came in to the brothel, he came again to specifically see Fan because, well, he was a fan. Oh my God, I, I was leaning up to say it. <laughs> I know you like the back <laughs> of my hand. I don't know what made her on this day do this, But she decided to steal some money out of his wallet. And she stole 4,000 Hong Kong dollars out of his wallet, which equals to about 
400 British pounds. So what is that? 300 American dollars ish. No, that's way more. And more. So it'd be like 600 American mm-hmm. dollars. See, I, I suck at conversions. <laughs> I'm like, no. Well, yeah, ours is, our money sucks. Yeah. So it costs us more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That's okay. exactly how I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking our money sucks, so it's not as much. But no, our yeah. money sucks, so it costs us way more. Yeah. Gotcha. See? Look at you knowing math. I'm so freaking proud of you. It's because how much, if I went over... To Italy, how much would I have to have to blah, 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 blah. Buy pasta? Oh, shit. Maybe I'll just go on a cruise then. <laughs> like, that's, that's my thinking. Oh, I went straight to carbs. Well, of course, Chang's going to leave and be like, wait, what the, what the fuck? $4,000 missing from my wallet. Because in my head, he's got like $4,001 bills in his wallet. <laughs> so his wallet went from like really, really thick to really, really thin. That's what his dick did too. God bless. Oh, God. I feel like this is why I couldn't have cash. Because if I had that much money, because you know he had to have more than that in his wallet. Oh, I see. I feel like she would just be like, oh, let me just grab it all. Or you think she was like, let me just grab a little bit. Well, that is really dumb if you grab all the cash from the wallet. Yeah, I guess so. Like, you gotta... She's street smarter than I am, so this is why I wouldn't survive. (laughs) Gary. Ooh, okay. Let me grab all of this. He'll never know. Like, no. You gotta just do a little bit. But if that was the drop in the bucket, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't have ever noticed that then. I know. That's what, oh, yeah, I can't have cash. Well, he did notice it, and he knew exactly where it fucking went. So he went back, and he demanded that not only does she pay back the 4000 but she pays it back with interest. And, like, now. Give it to me now. Like, mafia style. Like, I don't want it tomorrow. I don't want it in 20 minutes. I want it yesterday. Yeah. And I want 10000 well, if she paid it right back, you don't get interest. That's not how it works. It does when you are a uh, higher up in the mafia. Yeah, when you're a mafioso, I guess. His interest rate seems like what my credit card is, so yeah. Well, and some stuff said that he wanted 10000 in interest. Some stuff said he wanted 10000 total. So like six in interest. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But... She's stealing money from you, dude. She, she right, Wait. and she gave the four thousand back immediately. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if she's stealing this from you, you think she's got money to pay you back the interest? No, but he doesn't fucking care. He's got an image to maintain. Yeah, and even so, like okay, so he's got his money back now. Now it's not even about the money interest. You know, like it's not about that. It's he has something to hold over her now. Exactly. So. She says, look, I'll get you the 10, but it's going to take me a little bit. And he's like, not going to happen. So he lets her think he's going to give her some time. And he gets two of his friends, Leung Xing Cho and Leung Wai Lun. So Leung 1 and 2 decided that they were going to help Chang find Fan so that he could get his money back like right then. Because he was like, okay, okay, yeah, you go on about your business. I'll come back, get the money later. But then he was like, okay, really? Let's go get her now. So they were like, okay, let's go find her. Well, by this time, 
Fan is like, uh, I'm no idiot. She quits her brothel job because he's going to know exactly where to find her. Mm-hmm. And so she goes back to do sex work on the street. It doesn't take long for the three goons to find her. And as soon as they do, they kidnap her. Mm, fuck. They take her back to Chang's apartment in Hong Kong. Their plan was to keep her there and make her work as a sex worker to work off her debt to him. But the first night that she was there, the three of them decided, well, let's have a go at her first. Of course. Ugh, of course. Who didn't see that coming? Right. So over the first night, the three of them repeatedly rape and beat Fan. Fuck them. But that's not where the story ends. After that first night, they had beaten Fan to the point where they were like, well, she looks so terrible now, nobody's going to pay to have sex with her. And I, oh, God. Sorry. I, no, no, no. I, no, you're right. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. So they decided among themselves, like, nobody's going to pay to have sex with her. She's... As they said, no longer attractive. Um, fuck you. It's because of you fucking three goons that she's no longer attractive. Air quotes along that. You fucking beat her. Right. Right. Also, when you say goons like that, it reminds me of Scooby-Doo. So they decided just to kind of keep her there and figure out what they wanted to do from there. Meanwhile, they just continued beating her raping her, and playing fucking video games. Wow. Oh, and doing crystal fucking meth. Uh, mm, mm. So they would do some crystal meth, get all hopped up, go rape and beat her, and then when they would get tired, they would just go play their fucking video games. Mm. Like the fucking children that they are. Right. I mean, not children, because some of them were like in their twenty early 20s, And then I think Chang was like 36. So whatever. But the point is. Yeah. Fucking immature incel fucking bullshit. Mm -hmm. And everything's a game to them. Yeah. So as days went by. Yes, days. They kind of started getting bored. I guess just, you know, the run of the mill beatings and rape just weren't cutting it anymore for them. Right. So they tried to start coming up with other ways to abuse Fan. I was about to say, to torture her? Yeah. They took her shoes off, and they would melt and burn plastic and drip it onto her feet. No. Yes. Then they would, like, drip candle wax on her, and not in the sensual way, Mm -hmm. in the fucking owl way. Yeah. And then, when they ran out of things to burn on her... They just started burning her directly. What? Yep. They would just burn her, like, at the bottom of her feet. Her feet were so blistered that it was difficult for her to even stand. Then, what they would fucking do is they would take cayenne pepper from the kitchen and put it in her fucking wounds. (gasps) That's fucking sadistic. That is horrible. Jigsaw wouldn't even thought about that. Yeah, that's fucking bad. That even has you speechless. Yes. 
Hell, I'm just thinking about her feet because, you know, I go to the extreme all the time. And so, like, when I'm uncrusting my feet, you know, and they get so tender after, you know, because I'm like, ooh, they're so smooth. But then I'm, like, taking off seven layers of epidermis and I stand on them and they hurt. Yeah. Like, they hurt. Can you imagine? I, I can't. Like, that hurts me to think about because it is hard to walk. And that's just normal. You know what I mean? Like, nothing's burnt. And, no- oh, my gosh. They would take urine and feces and dirt to put in the wounds as well. What in the actual fuck? Mm-hmm. Also, y'all are just nasty. Yeah. They would also take chili oil to put on the burns and also pour that in her eyes. <gasps> oh, hell no. I knew you were just waiting to get to that part. Oh, God. So you remember Ah Fung that we talked about at the beginning, the girl who had just turned 14? Mm-hmm. At this point, she is still 13 years old, and she is dating 36-year-old Chang. Oh, because... Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. I hate him. And she had a life that was actually very similar to Fan's. One of a history of a poor situation at home with a history of sex work that led her to being in this relationship with a 36-year-old guy in the mafia. Well, she probably wasn't by choice with him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not. She's fucking, she's a child. Yeah. Absolutely. She's doing the best she fucking can. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's a fucking child. So this is how she came into the picture. So she gets to the apartment one day and that's when she sees Fan. And she sees Chang kick Fan in the head 50 times. (sighs) He was kicking her and stomping her, and she said she had a feeling it was just for fun. Oh, my gosh. But here's the thing. Ah Fung didn't just watch the torture that poor Fan went through. She participated. She was the one that poured the chili oil into her eyes. Oh, my gosh. Now, she's 13 years old. Is she just as much of a victim? Probably so. Yeah. I mean, probably fucking so. I mean, what's she going to do? Say no? Right. She probably hesitated and he was like, why? You want me to do it to you? Yeah. I mean. Hell no. I'll pour it in her eye. Yeah. What else you want me to do? Yeah. I mean, really? What? I mean, truly, what was she going to do? Say no to him? Right. Mm. At one point, the men forced Ah to defecate into like a shoebox And then forced Fan to eat it. Oh my gosh. But that was about the only thing she was allowed to eat. She didn't get any food or water. Well, the three guys decided that it was difficult for them to reach Fan at some points because she was so weak. And 
just non-reactive because she would she was just collapsed on the floor because she was just so fucking weak. What was she gonna do? She couldn't even stand there anymore. First of all, her feet are burnt up. I mean, she would go into convulsions. She would pass out from the beatings and the rapes and all that. And so she couldn't just stand there and take it. And then it had gone on for so long that they weren't getting a reaction from her anymore. And so they decided so that they could have better access to her, that it would be better if they were able to suspend her in air. So they tied her wrist up with electrical cords and they tied her up to the ceiling fan and they would leave her there sometimes even overnight. Oh my gosh. And they would just go in the other room and fucking play video games. I don't know when they slept because all they, they just did meth and beat her and played video games. Also, that just speaks to how frail she was. That they tied her to the ceiling fan? Yeah, well, she was petite. I mean, you know, she's a petite... Fuck, she's 23 years old. You know, she's not very old. Yeah. Just so frail. Yeah. Unless they have really good ceiling fans there, but uh, none of mine could sustain anything. Yeah. They would also give fan the meth, too. I don't know if they would inject her with it. I don't know if they would... I, I don't know how they would do it, but they would give her the meth as well. Fuck them. But see, I think she, so she had a history of drug abuse. So I don't know if she did meth before. Okay. I mean, not that it makes it any better because she had no, I mean, she's still like fucking kidnapped and held captive and being abused. So it doesn't make it any better. You're fucking giving this girl an upper, like, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not making the things any better. You're still giving it to her without her consent. Right. But I don't know. I just, it's fucking terrible. Well, on April 15th, this is of 1999, all four of them, you know, Chang, the two Leungs, and Ah, all leave the apartment. And when they would all leave, they would lock Fan in the bathroom because they said that it would be harder for her to escape. Well, they had been gone for a few hours. And when they get back, they send Ah into the bathroom to get her out. And when she gets in there, she finds Fan dead in the bathtub. Oh, my gosh. She said that Fan's body was just oozing and that Chang didn't want to keep the body in the apartment because he didn't want people to smell it, you know, Mm -hmm. and all of that. But they also didn't want to just, like, carry this body out and people recognize, okay, they're carrying a body out, right? So they got a saw and... They cut her body into pieces. Now, everything has been pretty graphic, but this next part is pretty graphic too. So then they boiled the body parts so that they could take the flesh off the bones so that like it wouldn't be recognizable. And of course, they like used the same pots and pans that they cook in and like did all of this still like were cooking and eating in the kitchen while they were boiling her body parts. That's nasty as fuck. Yeah. Like same utensils, like Oh, everything. okay, okay. Oh, I told you they were nasty. They did decapitate Fan and boiled her skull and then they took the skull and this is the only body part that they kept and 
they stuffed it in this big Hello Kitty mermaid doll. Like cut the cut it, stuffed the skull in there, and then sewed it back up. Because this apartment was decorated, like decked out in Hello Kitty stuff. Okay. So this random like stuffed animal that's like Hello Kitty, but like like a mermaid bottom. Mm-hmm. They randomly put the skull in there, and that was like the only body part that they kept. What the fuck? Everything else they got rid of. Except they did forget some teeth on the floor, and they did forget some of her organs in the refrigerator. I mean, as you do. Just in some Tupperware. Mm, my God. Right. So when Ah is at the police station, and she tells them about the ghost that's haunting her, and the police are like, well, we don't deal with ghosts. And she's like, well, she was actually murdered. And like, I know where her body is. And they're like, take us there. That's when she takes police to the apartment. And that's when police find the doll, the teeth, the organs. I ends up getting a plea for immunity in exchange for her testimony against the other three. So this is where I said that the part about... Hong Kong having been part of the UK and then all that comes into play. Mm -hmm. So apparently, I just learned this, is that they either have like murder or manslaughter. They don't have how we have like first degree murder, second degree murder, all of that. Like it's murder or it's manslaughter. So if you can't prove intent, it's manslaughter. Like it's how, whereas here, if you can prove intent, it's first degree murder. If you can't prove intent, it's second degree murder and then so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. And then if it's like, okay, it was actually, fuck, it was an accident. Then you're kind of going in the manslaughter business. Right. I mean, I'm no attorney, but that's just what I gather from all my years of fucking murder. She wrote an ID. Mm -hmm. Okay. So basically this came, this case came down to, is it murder or manslaughter? Well, because basically the only thing they had to go on was the skull. And Fan had a history of drug abuse. The guys were saying, okay, she OD'd. And the only thing we're guilty for is, like, improperly disposing of a body. Um, you decapitated her, you sawed her up, you boiled shit off. But there's nothing to prove right. what happened before that other than mm-hmm. Oz's testimony. Right. Like, nothing to prove it. Mm. So, it ended up going to trial, and Ah testified, and all three of them were charged and sentenced to manslaughter, and all given life sentences, with basically, they all have to serve 20 years. Because that's, like, again, apparently everywhere else, life sentences is fucking 20 years. Right. So, that's kind of the, the thing with this, though, that people get so angry about is... They can't wrap their head around why were they why are they only charged with manslaughter? But it's like even if they have some of the organs that can show, okay, she's got meth in her system, so they were giving her meth. Well, did they give her the meth or did she take the meth willingly because right. she has a history of drug you know, there's literally no way to prove anything and it really does become a he said, she said. Mm. And so they can't prove that they intentionally caused her death so wow they had to charge him with manslaughter yeah 
So I'm going to pull a little bit of a Donna. I never do this. Okay. But there was a lot about fans haunting. Mm. And like they said that even in court, like during the case, that sometimes when stuff would get brought up, like you could smell. Rotting. Like burning and like stuff oh, like that. Gosh. And that like lights would flicker and that kind of thing. And so the apartment was a big draw for people because Ah said that that's where she had so much of the activity, you know? Mm -hmm. So they ended up in 2012 demolishing that apartment building. And then in 2016, a hotel was built there. So I don't know. I haven't, I didn't go into any more just in case you wanted to do something. I thought maybe that would be a good bonus episode yeah. for Patreon or something. I don't know if the hotel has anything, any activity. Yeah. But there's also like a whole rabbit hole you can go down on people saying like, Hello Kitty, satanic. Like there's tons of rabbit holes yeah. on this and like, her skull being put in the Hello Kitty thing. And, you know, there's a ton of different conspiracies and all of that. But bottom line is this poor girl was just trying to make ends meet, doing the best she could for herself and her family. And she ended up being kept in this apartment for a month. A month of pure fucking torture. A month. And... They tortured her. Then you also have this 13-year-old who was 14 when everything kind of came out, but who is probably still tortured by mm -hmm. all of this because I just can imagine that she sees herself in Fan mm -hmm. and that that, I mean, that could have been her in 10 years. Yeah. I mean, literally. I mean, they were on, she was on the same exact path that fan had been on with the sex work and the the yeah. crowds and you know i mean it could have been her and again they were i'm not victim blaming they were doing the best that they fucking could making the best decisions that they could and that does not mean that they fucking no one deserves this to happen to them no no i mean she gave you your fucking money back he could have let her go after that first fucking night mm -hmm. And that would have been the end of it. Because let's just say he had to keep up his street cred with his mafia fucking bullshit of the 90s and the blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, whatever. You did what you did the first night. Then fucking let her go. You still got your fucking street cred and she's still fucking alive. Yep, and she's not going to go tell anyone. She's not going to fucking go to the cop. She stole from you. She's not going to go to that fucking brothel again because she's scared as shit. Mm -hmm. She's out of your life. She's out of, you know, just fucking let it be. Let her go. Mm-hmm. Wow. No, you had to fucking sit there and play your goddamn PlayStation and smoke your fucking meth and fucking kill her. So sad. Her body literally just gave out, I think. I mean, because there's no way to know exactly what happened to her. Pinpoint the specific cause of death, I mean. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, something they could have done something to her and then been like, oh, we left for a couple hours and came back and she was dead. Right. Or, I mean, no, she had been probably fucking been literally strung up overnight and they beat her before they left and left her in the bathtub and then she just succumbed to the injuries. You know, she literally yeah. gave out. Yeah. It had been a fucking month. She hadn't eaten. She hadn't drank anything. She hadn't, uh, other than fucking feces and urine. So mm. her body fucking gave out. 
I don't know if you believe in heaven or hell, but if there's a hell, I hope there's a special place in it for these motherfuckers. Yeah. Oh. Not what you thought, huh? No. Mm-mm. No. Well, that was a terrible but great story. So thank you so much, Jeanette, for that recommendation. Yeah. That story definitely deserves to be told because that's so heartbreaking. And from what I've read, like everything really has come around and changed a good bit in Hong Kong with the, again, with the mafia and the dangerousness. But back then it was just so dangerous. Gosh. Oh, and I, I never really finished that thought about why that the, with the UK versus the Chinese thing is that that was still under the kind of UK like with the like colonies law basically mm. because the Chinese law is different. And so that's why Hong Kong's law was is that with like the just the manslaughter and just the murder. Okay. You didn't get the memo that you're not supposed to be that heavy of a story. Oh, yeah. I'm, I didn't like that pause. You didn't get the memo. memo you're not supposed to be that heavy. <laughs> Ellipses of a story. Dramatic pause. You know, I mean, I'm heavier. Depends on what we eat. <laughs> Depends on the meal. <laughs> I mean, I can't help it. It's fucking murder. They're all heavy. Yeah, but this one, this one got me. Yeah, the, it, you know what? Like, the torture was pretty gruesome. Yeah. Ugh. I just don't understand how people can be like that. How can you look at someone in the face that many days in a row and not have some level of empathy? Like, how did the three of them find each other that they were able to do this together and have no fucking empathy? Right. Because I get a sociopath not having empathy, like they're incapable of it. Okay, get that. But like, three of them found each other. Well, no telling what they went through. In I, I mean, I'm, I don't know about the triad stuff really, but like through initiation true. or whatever, That's true. you know. That's true because they were like his henchmen kind of thing. So mm-hmm. you're right. You're so right. Maybe it's because I really am. Like you hit the nail on the head. I'm such a sour patch kid where. I can be such an asshole, and then it's like, I immediately feel so bad that I can, I mean, it will literally make me cry. Yeah. And that's just like, if I say something that makes me go, oh my God, I hurt your feelings. Yeah. And so like, to physically hurt, like, physically harm someone, I can't even wrap my brain around that. Me either. Well, and it's telling that the other victim is the one who had the conscience. You know, that was haunted or, you know, like she yeah. haunted herself or was haunted or whatever. Right. Like she's the only one who felt remorse at all. And went to the police and fucking solved this because who knows if it would have ever been even noticed. No, because again, Fan was in that disenfranchised population too. But where was her husband? Where was her I mean she was supposed to be married and had a son and they didn't notice that she was missing for a month like was there a missing person on her? I don't know. I never saw any of that. I don't know. I mean, if he knew the work she was in, but or, he, well he did. He had to. Okay. Or like he knew that Chang was a client or something. You know like you I mean, sometimes it's True. like, hey, you, we're not going to... Don't ask questions. Yeah. Or my son's going to be tortured or, True. you True, know. True, true. I know that 
some of y'all are way better web sleuths than we are. So if y'all know that answer, let us know. And definitely let us know what y'all think those globs are. Oh, gosh, right? Hell, I forgot about those globs. Like, whew. Well, they're not fucking jellyfish, I can tell you that. No, they're not. They're not. But if you think they're jellyfish, let me know why. Also, if you think they're jellyfish, do you also believe in the owl theory? From the Michael Peterson case, if you don't know what she's talking about, mm-hmm. highly recommend looking that one up. Yeah. Oh, and another thing you can let us know about is if you started listening from that awesome shout out from Obsessed with Disappeared that was on their episode last week, let us know that Patrick and Ellen sent you. Or was it Sharon? (laughs) (laughs) That was a terrible Boston accent, but you got what I was talking about. Sharon. (laughs) You know, you sound like you're from Minnesota. I sounded like I pinched my nose. Bobby's world. That's what you sounded like. Okay, well, Sharon. No. Okay. Well, don't tell Ellen that I said. <laughs> or Sharon. Stop. Okay. Well, um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, we definitely recommend y'all head over and listen to Obsessed with Disappear because it's a really great podcast. But don't forget to love our podcast and like, review, subscribe, all the things on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get your podcasts. But most of all, remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.